Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. And this is Carmen and Yurko, WMVP, WSHE, HD2 Chicago, a good Karma Brands radio station. Between these two teams said this was going to be a key, getting into those manageable third downs and play great situational football. Just gets rid of it, hit as he throws, he's got it! Nico Collins, first and goal! Run to set this up. What could be the final play of this first quarter? Fake the pitch, find Collins, got good blocking, Collins has the corner, and he finds it! Touchdown, Houston! What a response! weeks ago. Gave up 13 pressures. We got Fant in at left tackle. As this one goes to Brevin Jordan the tight end. Makes a man miss. And then shows off the speed. Jordan pedal to the middle. He's gone. Touchdown Texans. 76 yards. Play action for Stroud. Good protection. Loads it up. Fires downfield. Excellent touch. Perfectly delivered. Touchdown, Dalton Schultz. Stroud strikes again for 37 yards. Uh, C.J. Stroud, wow. I mean, between he and Puka, the kind of rookie seasons, the record-setting rookie seasons, something to behold. It's Carmen and Yerk. We're uh, here with you on this holiday Monday. Sylvie's beside himself after the Jordan Love game. He can't come in. Uh, We're going to take you to Spurs and Hawks in Atlanta. MLK Day, lots of uh, afternoon matinees, a lot of afternoon basketball is always across the NBA as they celebrate the day today. So you'll catch some hoops coming up here in an hour when we're done. we got more time for your phone calls at 312-332-3776. The Texans in 2020, 4-12. 2021, 4-13. Last year, 3-13-1. And needless to say, Yurko, they hit their draft uh, out of the park. C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson, Tanzel, yes, yes. Uh, Nico Collins has emerged into a star. You know, has turned into a star. Uh, they've already had an all-world left tackle. That helps. I get it. And uh, you ten and seven and into the divisional round for the Houston Texans. So just yeah. like that, yeah. Congratulations, incredible, nice game, good job. That was awesome. He's so. I mean, his first two throws. Now Dalton Schultz dropped one of them. His first two throws of his postseason career. I mean, just two dots. Yeah. I mean, and they had two just, interceptions returned, right, for touchdowns? Yeah, Joe Flacco, kind of Joe Flacco. Uh, yeah, he did, Joe Flacco did. Yeah, back-to-back to, back to back pick six. Right, That's, that, that puts you in a hole. I think I'm back-to-back attempts, Yerk, wasn't I, yeah, it? I think, I think it was. I think it might have been. There they go. It was pretty bad. Yeah. yeah that, that never hurts. That's not position A. Yeah. But uh, they stormed out to a big lead because his first half was so incredible. Uh, he didn't have to do much in the second half, obviously, because the two defensive scores. But like Jordan Love, they had one near-perfect Passer ratings, right? Or were they perfect? Love's might have been perfect, and I think CJ's was like two-tenths of a point off of being perfect. Uh, Stupid good for some of these young guys around the league this weekend. And we're relating it to the Bears situation. I don't know how anybody can walk away thinking, like, we got to upgrade that position. And even if you want to take Jurgen's approach and say, still trade back, draft a quarterback that you can develop that you set your sights on, a little bit later, like, okay, even if that's the approach, I, I'd be okay with it. But I, I just don't see how you could walk away from this weekend thinking the Bears are fine at the quarterback position. I, I don't. You know, Yurko said, let's rank, let's assume Cousins is still in Minnesota. Let's rank the quarterbacks one to four in the NFC North. And we both agreed Justin well, Fields would be four. We went to the bottom at, for, at the first, and that's exactly what we came up with. 
I just don't see how you. I don't know. I, but they're. I don't know. The hive. I get it. The hive's a little irrational sometimes, and or all the time. Uh, you know, just you got it people is. in the hive who want Justin Fields over Patrick Mahomes. We we really can't help them, obviously. Uh, <laughs> yeah, nor will we. We can't do I'm much here, there. I'm not, I'm not here to help those who don't no, understand. I can't, we can't help you. And uh, listen, I'm the guy that can sit there and say he could be a viable quarter. I've said that already. Well, so that's With fine. the coordinator, I think he can become a viable quarterback. You can't say you'd take him over Patrick Mahomes. No. Uh, that's lunacy. No. Um, I, I wouldn't take him over. I know I said it, so I'm going <laughs> to shut my mouth right now. Say it because you nope. believe it. Nope. <laughs> you caught yourself. I wish you didn't. You, ca- you caught me. Yeah, I caught myself. You caught yourself. Charlie asked us upstairs. Charlie is with us. We call him Chardog. Waddle and Sylvie Show calls him Chuck Wagon. Kendra and Charlie are with us today. Charlie said, how many teams in the league you think would take C.J. Stroud over their quarterback right now? I, I said a lot. You know, I mean, Buffalo wouldn't. 20. There'll be 20 teams I bet you there. there'd be, yeah, maybe. I just spitball. 12 teams say no. 20 teams would say yes. After yesterday with Green Bay? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. That was the only one I kind of maybe thought about, but I, I, I think I think every team in the division might in, in its division. I think Jacksonville might, you guys. I, I think he's already better than Trevor Lawrence. I don't I'm think that's sorry. crazy at all. Indy wouldn't probably because they drafted Anthony Richardson. So in fairness, Indy will probably want to rock. I don't know. They might though. Yurko's giving me the look. Like I don't know. Don't they hope Richardson is as yes. good as CJ Stroud? Yes. So we'll see. Like, Indy, I don't know. I think Jayville might. Tennessee definitely would. Vegas would. Denver would. Kansas City, City obviously, wasn't. The Chargers wouldn't either. Dallas probably would, you guys. Yeah. Dak's older, and they got to pay him after next season. Like, Philadelphia might. Philly might. The Giants certainly would. Washington, Washington would. The Lions would. And, and, And you'd get three years of... Inexpensive play. Five years, actually. Four more years of inexpensive play. The Lions probably would. Minnesota certainly would. The Bears would. Tampa would. New Orleans would. Atlanta would. Carolina could have had them. Of course they would. Frisco, no. Frisco's probably a no, although... That Kyle, one's interesting Kyle because Shanahan might look at CJ Stroud and be like, "I'd never lose a game." That one's interesting because it's 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 the same tree, right? Isn't it basically the same offense? And San Francisco yes, is just Slowick. put in hyperdrive because of the talent on that team. Slowick is where do you think Slowick learned the, the, the trade from? Slowick started as a defensive guy, yeah, like the old man, like his pappy, and his pappy before him. Uh, yeah, and, and now he's let the know? boy watch. Let the boy watch. That's what they said to him. Let the boy uh, watch. Seattle would. He learned some offense. Arizona probably would. Sure they I, would. I don't know how many teams we named there, guys, but it's a lot of teams. All right, Yurko wanted to talk about the Peacock game. Yeah, Kansas City game. I heard Mike Tirico on the broadcast last night. Mm-hmm. They were the Sunday night game. Now, who knows where they're pulling this data from, but did you hear what Tirico said? I try not to listen to Tirico. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Tirico said it was the most streamed event in history. And what does that mean? I don't know. Yeah, most streamed event in history. What does that exactly mean? I have no idea. What was the previously most streamed event ever? And what does that mean? They could put superlatives on there saying that, but I don't get it. I don't get it. All I know is the sound in the bar was not synced up to the television. 
Oh, really? It's 22 seconds ahead. What? I have no idea. I watched it in the pub the first half. I went home to watch it at home because I have Peacock, and I couldn't stand watching it the way we were watching it. Hmm. Was so, it fine on your TV? My TV was fine. Yeah, absolutely perfect. I got away with uh, not having to pay the 7 bucks. My One of my good friends who lives down the street... He said, we were talking Friday night, he goes, I got Peacock, just come on over and watch the game. So that's what I did. I yeah. went to his house and watched the game. Yeah. And it was fabulous. Yeah. I don't know if there's a problem everywhere, just the bar I happened to be in. Hmm. That was the problem there. Weird. And then I just went home, said, the hell with this, I'm going home. Watched it at my facility, my palatial estate. Now, now, I sort of, my mind went to where yours did, like when Tariko threw that out. Like, what is... Yeah. Why aren't you giving do, me? Can we see it in some context? Give me some actual like, numbers. They won't give you actual numbers. But then you saw, I saw stuff on Instagram where they're calling their parents and they're trying to get their parents all, you know, locked in with the app and stuff so the parents can get the game on because they're Chiefs fans. They don't know how to do it. That's funny. Yeah, you can't wait to the day of the game. No. Come on now. You had to plan that out better. Yeah. But I, I, Kansas City did what they were supposed to do. Miami was afraid of the cold weather. Oh, but same for both teams, right? You got to get out there in the fray. You got to get out there in the mix. Field was hard. Footing was substandard. Uh, conditions were substandard. But that's what happens when you play football in the, the months of December, January, and February. You know, I thought about that game, York, watching it. What? what? First of all, Pacheco was a wrecking crew when he did get the ball. And, and they, they gave it to him a lot. But I loved in the moment, I remember saying it, I don't know, maybe we were in the second quarter, I'm like, they really weren't shy about going out there and letting Mahomes throw the sling ball. it. Yeah. And I love that. You know, he got a lot out of Rasheed Rice. Those receivers have been so inconsistent. Yards. 130 yards. It was really good. Kelsey with the dropsies again. Kelsey, I think, had three drops. Yeah, he? He did. Three balls hit him in the hands. Well, like Samson when he got his hair cut. Maybe. Women weaken legs. But uh, that was impressive. I'm like, man, look at KC. They're like, it's minus 20. We're going to throw it still. And it sure looked like, uh, I'll give Miami's beat-up and beleaguered defense credit. For a team that was down to, like, no healthy edge rushers, their two inside guys have still been very good. But you're basically down two starters in your secondary, and you're down, like, four edge rushers. That's tough to overcome. And that defense hung tough. You know, they they kept, Kansas City was in the red zone a lot, and they held tough. They forced field goals a lot. Their offense just couldn't do a thing, and... Tua in these cold weather games, like, you know. You've got a... It's bad. A home field advantage in the winter means something. It does. It means something. You know, um, it does. It means something. I also think, though, I think it means something when your quarterback's as good as Mahomes. And you can tell him, we're still going to go out there and we're going to throw it. Like, did you hear Andy talking about it afterwards? Like, Andy Reid even talked about it post-game. And he's seen it. Like, right? He lived it with you guys in Green Bay and Favre's arm. And, like, he's seen it. McNabb's arm. He goes, not everybody can do that. We have the luxury that, you know, we can do it. Our guy can do it, and that helps. And Mahomes said in his post-game press conference, York, even in weather like this, you have to throw the ball in this league to win. Patrick Mahomes said it that night. And so it does... It does help. You're right. Like, being able to play that way, that mentality where if you want to run rough shot over guys, you can. But you also entrust your star quarterback who's got the strong arm to be able to go out there and, like, still execute and still accomplish things throwing the football even in those brutal temperatures. That was a – that was a – I asked you last week. I'm like, Eric, at minus 20, is there <laughs> – 
does does uh, anybody really benefit? And you were like, oh yeah, and Kansas City benefited, plain and simple. Absolutely, they benefited. Now they lost. Uh, they were two and three in their last five, losing games to Tennessee, Baltimore, and Buffalo. Miami, the Dolphins. If they could have played that one in Miami, that would have been a better game for the Miami Dolphins. Yes. Even though the challenges were still there with the injuries and everything, yeah. they would have been a better game for them. That would have been them playing at their stadium, getting things done. Yep. But instead, they had Buffalo at home and they lost. Right? They had Buffalo in their house, final game of the year. And they lost. You beat them, and guess what you got? They had a lead, York. Yeah. And they lost. Steve's in Kansas City on ESPN 1000. Hey, Steven. Hey, guys. How are you? Great. Look, uh, I don't blame anybody who watched the uh, the weekend uh, playoffs and think that the Bears and you know are you know maybe a little bit more behind the uh, you know the Texans, uh, Lions, and the Packers. I think that was a, a probably a very nightmarish uh, weekend for us Bears fans uh, having to watch um, you know all three of those teams uh, under a different circumstances. Um, I think Ryan Poles really screwed up by bringing back Matt Eberflus. I, I just can't shake the notion that, uh, you know, Evil Flues was brought back other than the football reasons, like maybe their wives like each other or maybe they go to the same church and study Bibles together or something like that outside of it. That's, but, you know, yeah. and I digress. But uh, right. there's no question the Bears really have to get the uh, quarterback uh, position right, regardless of who it is this year. Um, I do question if Ryan Poles has the uh, – insight to draft, you know, offensive position skill players. You know, Velas Jones and Tyler Scott doesn't do enough. Um, I do believe that, uh, you know, the big three, uh, MHJ, Odunze, and uh, Neighbors will likely be a bear. But, the, you know, if Puka Nakua proved, there's other decent receivers that can be found in third, fourth, and fifth round. So. Oh, yeah. I want Poles to really, really load up on the weapons because outside of DJ Moore and Cole Komet, no quarterback is going to survive or thrive in an offense. And, and it doesn't matter even if you hire a decent OC to run the offense. Uh, thank you, guys. You got it, Stephen. Thank you. All right, Stephen. Well said. Uh, three of the four leading receivers in the NFL during the regular season were drafted in the fourth or fifth round. Uh, Tyreek Hill was a fifth rounder. Amon Ross St. Brown. Was fourth a rounder. fourth rounder. Puka Nakua was a fifth rounder. Those players were one, three, and four in receiving yards during the regular season. Now there are first rounders in the top ten. Ceedee Lamb, AJ Brown, DJ Moore was a first rounder. Brandon Ayuk, Nico Collins makes an appearance in the top ten. Was a third round pick. Uh, Keenan Allen would have been in the top ten had he not gotten hurt at, at the end of the year. And no. I think Keenan Allen was also a third rounder. I'm double checking. Hold on. Keenan Allen was... He had a terrible combine, I remember. Keenan Allen was a third rounder. Yeah, terrible combine. Well, you know why Puka fell. Puka's numbers weren't good. Puka's measurables weren't good. And did you see the video of your guy Sneed and uh, McVay talking about him on draft day? No. It's very cool. What'd they say? I, I, I almost feel me. like, Charlie, can you find Charlie, that? Charlie, find that Here, I us. have it on my phone. I can send it to him. to chat my ass. You'll like this, Yerk. You'll, I'm serious. Because it's football, like, nerdy stuff that you like right. about, a like, what do we see? Not what everybody else sees. Right. And not a slow 40 time. What do we see? Is it any wonder McVeigh's good? Unless he's good? Wait do you hear this. Hold on. Charlie, let me send this to you. Um, I'm looking at his combine results right now, which is, 
you know, some guys always okay. I'm gonna send this go to through the roof there. Uh, hand size, nine and a half inches. Uh, pro day scores. Here he is. Four, five, seven, 40. Not slow. There's his splits. Vertical leap, 33. Not slow. He's six, one and six. Six, one and six tenths of an inch. So I forget how they convert that. Two, ten. He's got a 10 foot broad jump. So he's got a lot of good stuff here, Carm. Yeah. Well, hold on. You're going to hear it. Hold on. I saw somebody point out that had he not transferred from Washington, Washington would have had him, Roma Dunza, Jalen McMillan, and Jalen Polk all in their receiver room last year. Charlie, B-E-V-I-N-S is your last name, right? Correct. Yeah, I just want to make sure. I'm emailing it to you, to your uh, work account, okay? Well, it doesn't, I, look, like I, I want it doesn't look like you went to the combine. It might not have been combine. It might have no, been. No, but it's pro day. This oh, pro, day pro, scores. Day, pro day scores. Got you. Okay. That's, that's what you got here, 457. It's three. Uh, it was March 24th of 22. When we get this, I'll play it. You're going to love this. You're going to love it. This is your guy, Les Snead and McVeigh, in the, in the war room, day of, talking about where they think they can right. get him and why they ended up drafting So 324-22 is his, the year before he came out in the draft. So this Yeah, he would have come out. Yeah, you're right. right. He would have been junior. last year. Yeah, Right. They don't have anything on him but that. So there you go. Stephon Diggs. Him. Where was Diggs drafted? Second round, Yerk? Could be. Diggs was a fifth-rounder, Yerk. Oh, think about go. the career he's had. Didn't have yeah. a great year this year. A lot of people think something's up uh, in Buffalo between uh, Diggs and, and that organization. Like, it's kind of finally reached its boiling point. Although his numbers last week would have looked better, a little bit better had Josh Allen not missed him on one play. Let's go to, as Charlie, uh, let me know if you get that, Chardog, and uh, if you get it in. Let's go to, where do you want to go here, Yerk? Adam in Denver is on ESPN 1000 with Carmen and Yerk. What's up, Adam? Hey, fellas, how you doing today? Good, man. How Good. are you? Good. You guys were asking about what, what they do different up in Green Bay. Uh, something I don't think gets enough play from anyone is a lot of GMs act in their own self-interest rather than the interest of their team. How many GMs would have gotten the green light draft love in the situation that they did when Rodgers was coming off of a NFC championship team and the GM goes and takes a guy that's going to sit for three years and not help possibly take them back or put them over the top yeah that's uh, a lot of owners want sell tickets they want to fill their stadiums they want to get those sponsorships the different relationship between the gm and uh whoever it is that runs stuff up there that's that's my take well and they did it twice they did it from Favre to rogers they did it from rogers to love and adam thanks and marcus called us earlier uh in the show and had a great rant about it they're not afraid not afraid to upset the apple cart so to speak I got his weaknesses. The, you this, got, got a report, yeah. Okay. Will struggle to elude NFL press coverage. <laughs> Lacks instant acceleration to separate. Upright route running makes him easy to redirect. Does not have the long speed to keep corners from squatting. Occasional issues with focus on downfield targets. Hmm. Those are his weaknesses. Uh, strengths. Routes offer leverage and crisp angles on the move. Nice job of getting vertical stack on corners. Basketball background on display when making contested catches. Gains late catch, late catch space with physicality and hand fighting. They nailed that one. Battered defenses as jet sweep options. Tough and slippery with the ball in his hands. And he is a tough SOB. But one of these counterdicts the other one. Nice job of gaining vertical stack on corners. Kind of counters one of the weaknesses. Do you find that, that that's often the case when these guys write these reports, Yerk? 
Well, they get they get into their verbiage, yeah. you know, yeah. they, because they've got to write Excuse something. Me. Yeah, they have to write something, so they get into their verbiage of football. You know, like okay, this could be a weakness. Every guy can have the same weakness. You know, if you if you want to put it. You, every guy can have the same weakness. Do you ever remember reading like the reports on you? Like Mel oh, yeah. wrote a report about. Yeah, you. Mel wrote a report. Re- Mel liked you coming his, out of the draft. Yeah, his grade uh, coming out here was a five point eight, average backup or special teamer. So this is not just one. This is a report coming out from a bunch of people that they looked at him and they said, "Well, he's just an average backup or a special teamer." All right. So this has obviously got a video component to it. But listen to this, Eric. Okay. All and right. if, if people want to go on YouTube to see the video accompaniment later, they could do that too. This is Snead and McVeigh on Puka on draft day. Sixth. Oh, by the way, let me just tell you, they call him BYU. The, some people were joking that maybe they didn't know how to say his name. Like right, they call right. him BYU. Listen. Sixth. I mean, the thing with BYU is he tested really poorly. I think, man, he's, he's got a Alec Ogletree. Couldn't test well, but can chase the rabbit. Alec could run, but he could never run a 40. But if you said go race. Well, his, his speed is playing as fast. I've always said his I mean, that's he's got. if I go sort by miles per hour, he would be one of the top receivers. Like, I think this guy would be really good for us, Les. I want a guy that is going to be where he's supposed to be, that'll stay grounded through the catch, aggressive hands, that will dig out support in the run game, and then that we can also give him, he can be an extension of the run game. Take the whole dress. This guy can be a functional piece of an offensive operation. He's a tough kid. To me, he showed, all right, there's a tenacity and a toughness and a fight, and if you teach him technique, he'll be able to You know we got the the guy you want to, you got a vision for. Totally. We're going to nail that there. Come on. Hey, Puka. What if we draft you with the 43rd pick here in the fifth round? (laughs) That would make my day great. That would be amazing. The call I never got. Right there. See how happy Puka was? Yeah. That's an organization that knows what it's doing. That's not drafting Valus Jones in the third round. Right. No, that's... I mean, like, do you hear that? Yeah. The communication. Let's not worry about what he did poorly. What what do we all see? What does he do well? And you've got different voices. The scouting guy. Less need. The coach. That's an organization that succeeds. Let's get some of that. Please. We whiny, whiny, you big whiner. Yeah. Let's get some of that. That'd be nice. So that maybe we can be like the Rams. And, oh, I don't know, go to the playoffs almost every year? Just, you know, throwing it out there. Yeah, they dropped off but came back. (laughs) One year. Yeah. Mike's in Bourbonnet. What's up, Mike? Hey, guys. Good afternoon. Afternoon. Hey, so... um, Here's my question, and I want you to um, answer a couple little questions for me about the coaching situation. If the Bears would have fired Eberflus, would the Bears be the best job out there right now? Hmm. I don't know. I think the Chargers might be because of the quarterback, Mike. That's what I would say. And Harbaugh's okay. interviewing, by the way, in, uh, in L.A. Yeah. 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 Right. I heard that, which, again, why we didn't even call him, I don't know, but We'd be right up there with the number one pick and the yeah. number nine pick, and you yeah. know, I gotta believe we'd have to be one hot, you know, spot. Yeah. So what we do by keeping Eberflus is now 
we have to find an offensive coordinator. So, and even a defensive coordinator because we didn't have one. So, Carm, if you're uh, a top-notch offensive coordinator out there, and you're you're a top-notch, or I'm not saying coordinator, offensive mind out there, and you're Yurko, you're a top-notch defensive mind. With all the job openings out there, we got to be last if the people that want the job, right? Because they got to you got to go to a coach that you're probably not that familiar with. Everybody else would rather have a uh, probably go along with a brand new coach. I'm assuming. All right, I'm going to let Yurko answer that, Mike. Uh, are they any less desirable because of the position they're in with the head coach? Like, would a coordinator turn them down because of the head coach? No. Only 32 of these jobs are available, period. They're not less desirable because Matt Eberflus is here. No. If that's what I'm being asked. I, I believe If anything, I believe so. I'm looking as a coordinator, I'm looking at the quality of the team. That's what I want to see. What's the quality of the team? Am I mired in crap for three years here? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And the team dictates that they're mired, they're not mired in crap. The defense is on the come. Um, they've got draft choices. Uh, they've got money to spend in free agency again. Mm-hmm. Uh, this looks like a pretty enticing project for me, especially if I'm a defense coordinator. And I'm, if I'm an offense coordinator, the first question I'm going to ask is, Do can Justin Fields be my quarterback? And then I am as honest as I can be in what I think. If you think he is, make the case for why you think he is, why you'll be able to play with him. If you think he's not, make the case for why he's not the quarterback moving forward and what you would do differently and what you would like coming out in the uh, NFL draft. Who do you think that you could get here? And if the first answer you come is Caleb Williams is your guy, then you know you don't have a quality offense coordinator. Hmm. You come with a name that's one of the other quarterbacks that are there. Really? And why you like them. I like you a little bit more hmm. than That's if you just said Caleb Williams. That's like the easy way Caleb out. Caleb Williams, they, 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 there's no thinking there, right? The whole world has said he's your number one right. guy. Yeah, I want the guy that knows C.J. Stroud's the better quarterback. Yes, thank Find you. Find me that guy. Find me the guy that's, this is why I think he'll be successful. If you believe the stuff out of Carolina, Frank Reich's the guy who said C.J. Stroud's better than Bryce Young. Frank Reich is happy to be fired. Thank you for firing me because I can't listen to you talk anymore. I bet he is. Yeah. Right? And, like, in a weird way, he's getting paid. Yeah. He, you know, the Give world seems the to know hell. now that he wanted yeah. CJ over Bryce Young. Every, everybody knows. Yeah. Everybody knows, including the stupid the owner. Wow. The Boy, idiot that is you. the owner throwing water on fans I in know. Jacksonville. What are you doing? What are you doing? If you're that, I mean, really, like, what are you doing, dude? What are you doing? Can't use his brain. Isn't it amazing, like how successful people can get into something else, and then just like it all goes? Yeah. The guy's worth twenty crap. bill. Like he's obviously a well, bright, listen, successful dude. Uh, I mean, let's face it, though, guys worth twenty bill in whatever business he's in. I know that's so right. He's I mean, made like some he's, good decisions. He made some good deals. You know, he goes into something else, and guy it's like, can be a, a doctor. You put him into a, a NFL draft room, he won't know what the hell's going on. It's very true. His, his, his intelligence is in the area and the field that he's an expert at. It's very true. Which is being a doctor. That's true. Take all these NFL guys and put them in the NBA scouting room. They'd be okay. They'd be able to tell you some stuff about physical attributes. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, they can't tell you what a good basketball player is. And that's sport to sport. Greg's in Valparaiso. What's up, Greg? Hey, how are you guys? Good afternoon. Can you take us off speaker, Greg, by chance? We can barely hear you, brother. No, give me one sec. All right. I think we're on Bluetooth. Oh, is that the one? The Bluetooth? Yeah, okay. 
Can you hear me? Oh, yes, you're perfect now. Oh, way better. Okay, good afternoon, guys. Hey, I'll preface this with saying I just moved to Valparaiso from uh, the Bay Area, so I'm a diehard Niner fan, okay. uh, and it's amazing to see the organizations that have the owner, GM, head coach, all in sync together. And I was just wondering, because I listened to you know you guys and all the Chicago talk, what offensive coordinator, what amazing coordinator in their right mind would take this? I know there's only 32, but what, who would hitch their wagon to Eberflus and a quarterback that you don't even know if you're going to keep? Well, Yurko just kind of laid that out. Like you'd have to pick the brain about I, what other positions, you know, or what other uh, prospects you'd be, you know, curious about, or what you think you could build an offense around. You, you find the young genius like Bill Belichick, the guy that that's been scheming to be a head coach his whole life, has come in and is only making seventy four thousand dollars as a quality control guy. You've got to find that guy who's probably worked himself up to a position. You've got to be able to identify genius is what you've got to be able to do. When you're around it, you got to be able to see. You got to see a passion. You got to see the genius. Sometimes that genius presents itself like Adam Gase or John Shoup. And other times it presents itself like Kyle Shanahan. Thank you. Sean McVay. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. Good call. 312-332-3776. Ring us up. Thoughts from the first weekend with still two games to go here on this holiday Monday through a super wild card weekend. They've said that they've gotten the snow Cleared from the field. I think the stands still have a fair amount of snow in them. Yes. Yeah, inside in Buffalo. Them. That game's yeah. coming up in just a couple of hours. They're going to kick off from Buffalo. Then the night game from Tampa tonight. Weather will be much better down there. Uh, so if you want to talk about you know what you saw, how it relates back to the Bears, their quarterback situation, just their situation in general, 312-332-3776 is the phone number. We'll spread it around a few of the other things. Over the weekend, including what happened at the UC on Friday night. It's Carmen and York. We'll be right back. Working from home? We're back in the office. Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Just ask your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. This is breaking news on Chicago's home for sports, ESPN 1000. All right, uh, breaking news. And if you are an underclassman and wanted. Special eligibility for the NFL draft. You had to declare by today. Caleb Williams has declared for the NFL draft. Deadline day. The today is deadline day. Today is the deadline. So if you're coming out, if you're an underclassman, he's an underclassman. You needed yes. to notify people today. Correct. Caleb Williams. Caleb has Williams declared. That doesn't mean his group won't still try to pull some sort of Eli Manning, John Elway, some chicanery. Yeah, there is plenty out there, and who knows? I mean, this Caleb might be saying that's not true at all. If the Bears draft me, I'll happily go to the Bears. I who the hell knows? We'll find out in the coming weeks and months. But there is a lot of rhetoric out there that we could be looking at a ultimately. We could be looking at an Elway, Eli Manning situation. People have speculated that about Caleb. Maybe it's got something to do with the Bears because of what we've always talked about. They've never been able to find that quarterback. Yeah. And maybe his people say, no, we don't want him going there. 
And he's got potentially the kind of power to impact I, the top it, of the draft. It's like kind that, of so. weird. We'll see. But he has declared for the draft on deadline. It's, day. it's kind of weird in a in a league where four thousand yard passers are just like a dime a dozen that you've never had one, and you've never had a quarterback throw for thirty touchdowns. It's, I mean that that is weird. Weird. It's 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 awful. It's painful. It's awful. It's you, sad. You, it's pathetic. Some of the best middle linebackers. In the history of football, come through Chicago. You've had some of the best running backs come through in the the history of the NFL through Chicago. But by God, the quarterback position has just been an absolute befuddlement. Incredible, incredible. It had to be a curse. Was there some billy goat that they took no. through Alice Hall? I don't know. Sid Luckman? Did they piss off Sid Luckman? Boa Constrictor through there or something? Who put the curse on the Bears quarterback position? Did they tell, like, uh, in the 1963 championship game, did they tell Luckman he couldn't come in and, like, sit in good seats? Something. I don't know. I mean, what happened in that auto room, the, the showroom, right? Remember where they came up with the NFL? What happened in there? Did something happen in that showroom when they came up with the concept of the NFL that somebody said, ah, ah. You'll be cursed forever. Yeah, the Bears will be cursed never to have a quarterback throw for 30 touchdowns and 4,000 yards. Something happened, Carm. It, it, it is wild. Now, if you look at, like Yurko said, the running back. Red Grange. Red Grange. Bronco Will, Nagurski. Bronco, Willie Gallimore. Gale Sayers. Gale Sayers. Walter Sweetness. Payton. Uh, Neil Anderson. Yeah. Matt Forte. Good back. Like the Bears yeah. have had a bunch of real. Yeah. You've had everywhere from like great to really right. good. Yes. Matt Forte was a really good football player. Yes, he was. Like they've had a bunch of them. And, but it's like at this point, the running back's not even sexy anymore. No, like, who cares not, about running back? Nobody cares about Saquon. Derrick Henry? Okay, who cares? I don't but, care about Derrick Henry. They've had a bunch of good ones, but they and they middle no linebacker is another great example. They invented the position. They've had some of the best of the best Hall of Fame players, Hall of Famers, and they can't get that quarterback position right for the love of God. So now and everything holy. Now that Caleb has declared, we'll see if the shenanigans start in the coming weeks. Like I said, you're. And if they start leaking out and drips and drabs that he might want not to go, he might not want to come to Chicago. I don't know. We'll see. He is he, liking a lot of posts about the Bears. He likes. Have you been seeing that? I've noticed that, and he said something about. How, didn't he say something he recently? Loves deep dish. How much he loves deep dish. Yeah, yeah. He's playing the game. <laughs> Chris and Adam thought maybe he was trolling with deep that, dish. but like deep dish Bertoletti. He like yeah, like he likes our guy deep dish Bertoletti. He likes deep dish pizza apparently, which is weird. A kid from uh, D.C. I mean, how much? How much deep dish could he even have grown up on? How many times do you think he's like been to Chicago? Like, I don't know. Well, all he had to do is come once, right? Yeah. He just had to be here one time. Yeah. And then what are you going to do? Why don't you go down to Geno's East yeah, or go to Milanotti's or wherever? Yeah. Have yourself some pie, some deep dish pie. So he has been, it's been weird. He has been liking like Chicago related things and he's talked about it a little bit. So we'll see. But uh, today was the deadline, and people were wondering why he still hadn't declared. Like, would he go back? Is it because he wants to stay away from the Bears? Caleb Williams has declared. I think, who broke that? Was it Rappaport? Yeah. yeah to get fair credit. Rappaport, Rappaport broke it. Ian Rappaport broke it. Caleb Williams has declared for the draft. What else, Charlie? I'm sorry. No, it just it looks like it's it, it was Rappaport. I okay. think does does it remind you a little bit of the Lonzo Ball stuff coming out? Like, I know his, his it's not as public as LeVar Ball was, but... By all accounts, it seems like every kind of negative yeah. stuff was coming from uh, yeah, people around maybe, it, but and, and he's a great guy. And I'll tell you this. Thing. 
I still I would not let that affect my decision ultimately, even if the dad was a little overbearing. I Lonzo right. Ball, Lonzo Ball's yeah. And poor Lonzo got hurt. Lonzo Ball can play in this league. Yeah. Lamelo's a stud. Yep. And the old man eventually kind of faded into the ether. Right. The, the, Lonzo's his own the man. The basketball it, was good enough to make the, the father irrelevant, really. And Lonzo's his own man. And you would hope Caleb Williams is, too, at some point as he grows up and matures. And, and I, I don't and, care about and, the dad. And big baller brands never really took off, did it? No, I don't think yeah. so. I mean, Lonzo forged his own way. Right. When the skill of the children um, overtake the mouth of the father, yeah. then that's just what happens. Lonzo, yesterday was the anniversary. I was at that game, the Golden State game, two years ago. I was there with our buddy John Swanson. We were at yeah. that game when Lonzo got knocked out. That was the last time Lonzo played. Yesterday right. was the two-year anniversary. Two-year anniversary. anniversary hasn't played in yeah. two years. It sucks. Speaking of the Bulls, you know, this happened Friday night, obviously, during the ceremony. I think the whole world knows about it now. People who didn't know much about the 90s Bulls and the drama were because of social media were even talking about it. I was getting questions from certain people. Right. Over the weekend, about it. Uh, this was what happened as they were doing the Ring of Honor and they were introducing each individual person. And for the people that couldn't be there, for the people who had, had passed, you know, Johnny Redker's son, Matt, great dude, by the way, Matt was there to, uh, uh, you know, yeah. take the acknowledgement from the for crowd. His, for his dad. For, yeah. his, for, his, for his dad and, uh, and things like that. They had Jerry Krause's w- widow, mm-hmm. because Jerry died about five years ago now. Sure. And this happened. Six-time NBA champion, two-time NBA executive of the year, represented by his wife, Thelma, basketball Hall of Famer and former Bulls general manager, Jerry Krause. You really got a sense for it. The boos were raining down. They were down. raining down? Because I didn't get a sense of it right there. Yeah. And she was, she started She was bawling. affected. Yeah. She and was Ron, affected. I think it was Harps. I think Harper Ron Harper noticed it. Immediately, like, tried to comfort her. And then I'll give the people in the crowd that responded by seeing the reaction and tried to start cheering a lot of credit. Right. To make it a better situation. Uh, listen. I, I'm not really much of a booer anyway. Mm-hmm. Even when I'm mad at my team, right? I might get on the radio and yell about him, but like I, I never thought Kenny Williams was much of a general manager, right? That that has been pretty well documented. The way I've talked about the yes. White Sox and yes. Kenny over the years. If next summer, when the White Sox do their 20th anniversary, you believe it'll be 20 years, and they introduce Kenny Williams, I I, I wouldn't boo. You're not going to boo Kenny Williams. Of course not. Okay. Like, Kenny still made a contribution to that one glorious summer. Thank God for that summer. Like, Kenny made... 2005. Thank you, your What coach. a summer. Kenny made contributions to that summer, to that team, to that mm-hmm. part of my life. To me, you kind of got to be a real dope in that situation to start booing. I just don't get it. And I know Jerry was tough. Listen, I, I lived it. I covered the Bulls when Jerry Krause was still the general manager. And Jerry was a tough guy to get along with. I mean, he really was. He was a tough guy to get along with. But I just... The greatest player in Bulls history this is a, helped. Yes. You know what I'm saying? He yes. helped yes. The, 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 propagate the image of him as a bumbling... 
crumb spilling fool. One hundred percent, Yurko. So the face when they when they say Michael Jordan, they cheer, right? Yes, they cheer. Scotty got yeah. cheered. It was it's it's Michael Jordan that went and perpetrated and 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 put upon the world Jerry Krause's crumbs. Yes, because he couldn't stand him as a general manager. Even though we've come to find out that it's not really an easy job to do, is it? It's not. Because Michael Jordan failed at being a general manager. Not so easy, Michael. Hasn't he? Yeah. Not only Michael, the two greatest players in the history of the organization and the greatest coach, all, to Yurko's point, spent the better part of the 90s sort of building up, or as you said, I like the word you put it, propagating this notion that he was a stumbling Bumbling, bumbling fool. Yes. They bullied him publicly yes. constantly. They made fun of his appearance. Yes. You do stuff like that now today. People, yeah. Comedians can barely get away with it. Let alone, yeah. can you imagine athletes disparaging the, the, like, the look of a, a general manager? Yeah. In as, this t- day as and age? disheveled. They bullied him constantly. And someone at the Bulls should have said, as they planned this, it might not be the best idea to have his widow out there. I'm just saying. You might say, come on, how can you blame the Bulls for that? You blame the dopey fans. I'm just saying. There are enough people in that organization that were there in the 90s, that yeah. remember the 90s, that know the history of Krause versus the organization, versus Michael, Scotty, Phil, versus the fans. Somebody should have said, uh, that might not go well. Yeah. This isn't going to go good. Because as they were going through the introductions, I was uneasy. I'm like, what's going to happen when Jerry gets announced here? Because you know. Yes, of course. You know. You know what was going to happen. Like, I had an uneasy feeling about it, and I felt so bad for her. should have been happy it wasn't 20,000 people bullying. I felt so bad. I mean, weren't you happy it wasn't 20,000, just a couple thousand? And for for I guess. For so many people, they're like me. The impression they have of Jerry Krause is from The Last Dance. And that's right. not a very not at all. flattering uh, portrayal of him, portrait it's, of him. They, they never, ever, that was what they did for for a decade, Charlie. They belittled him, and they, I mean, they did. And again, Jerry was, in his own way, Jerry was a huge pain in the you-know-what. Huge. He was incredibly difficult to get along with. He had a real chip. I think because of the way they treated him and, may, you know, and other things. He was t- he was miserable to the media. Not that that matters all that much, but miserable. Uh, and and he was not easy to get along with. But that was uncalled for, man. With that poor widow sitting out there, he's out there. You want to boo him? Yeah, maybe I- she was overwrought with emotion. That was rough. She knows what a good job her husband did, right? I would think. I mean, you would think she did. She had to support him every day. What happens on the 25th of February? Are there going to be knuckleheads booing Shelly that night when they retire the jersey? Or... Well, I mean, you know. Because that's another one I still don't get. Now, Shelly can handle it. Yes. Shelly's a grown man. He's a, one remember of the best they, players ever. Remember when they booed words? Yeah. Rocky, and, and he got on the mic and said, come on now, guys. Yeah. Shelly yeah. can handle it. Yeah. Like, Shelly doesn't have a problem. Yeah. You know, but I just like, are there going to be knuckleheads in there that night booing Shelly? Because I've never understood that, I, and I get it. You know, he—I'll never play for Detroit, and then he gets traded to Detroit. 
We can't get over that. I mean, it's yeah. Chris Chelios for crying out loud. Well, you had to boo somebody. Now, and when Rocky was booing, he was booing old man. Dollar Bill Words. That's who they were booing. Like seriously, are there going to be a group of knuckleheads booing Chelly that night Could in be. that stadium? Could be. I mean, Detroit just booed Stafford last night. Well, but he was playing against them. right. Yeah, I, like that's a little different. That's true. So the only so the thing you do is you cheer him initially, then you boom the rest of the way. Do you know what I'm saying? Like okay. when you come back. Okay. Like in, when Favre came back to Green Bay, they cheered him. And then the fact they, they came the back, the then you boom the rest away. Yeah, okay. thanks for everything. Now nah, I hope they kill you, you go, bum. Go you know? Yeah, exactly. I I want to get there for the Chelly retirement game. I got to work on that. Are you? Yeah, I'd love to. It's my dad's birthday. I'd love to take the get old man. Some tickets. Yeah, I know they're going to be get outrageous. Yourself. Well, I'm, plus yeah. they're playing Caner. You know who you got? I know. I'm. Gonna you know who you got to go see? Talk some people upstairs. I, I would do that now. I know. There's nobody upstairs, though. They're playing Kaner that day, yeah. too. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Kaner had a beautiful You goal. should go. Kaner had a throwback goal over the weekend. I watched the Winnipeg game the other day. You did? Yeah. I, wa- I watched the Winnipeg game. Last Thursday, was it? Uh, the Hawks Winnipeg game? Yeah. That was... 2-1 loss. Friday, wasn't it? I don't know what day it was. I thought it was Thursday. Maybe it was Thursday. 2-1 loss. Yeah, no, no. The last three minutes and 40 seconds. You're not... Uh, you're they not... gave up two goals. You're so not like... good. I just put my head down. And without Bedard, it's a really tough watch. It's Carmen and York. We'll be right back. Zoning out on that Zoom meeting? Find out what Carmen and Yurko were talking about. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. We're almost out of here because we got a little afternoon hoops for you. MLK Day at the league. The NBA always celebrating in a, a great grand fashion. Tons of afternoon action. Bunch of games already going on. We're going to take you down to Atlanta for Spurs and Hawks. You can listen to Wemby coming up here in just a few minutes. Uh, Waddle and Sylvia will be back tomorrow. We'll be back tomorrow as well. It was a fun ride today with everybody. Let's go to Kelvin on the south side. Go ahead, Kelvin. Hey, what's going on, gentlemen? Um, I just got a quick question. Well, two things, questions. Well, first of all, I agree that was heartless because I always remember Krause in the 90s when I lived through and I met Jordan. The thing is this. Krause was, a yeah, it's tough to get along with, but the move, Odin Polynesia, Scottie Pippen, is a yeah. historic, bold move. Yeah. Forrest Grant, B.J. Armstrong, first guy to do the thing, you know, overseas to yeah. the NBA with cool coach, Will Purdue for Dennis Rodman. My point is, is this. Michael Jordan was hard on teammates, too, but guess what? It got the job done. So you got to pay homage because he's probably been the best general manager in his sports town as far as what can get done. And York can relate to that, um, Yorkie, because it's like um, – you, you've you played the game and you interacted, so you kind of know the Rams. Are, yeah, he, this person may be a jerk, but he exuberates that. And like I say, for us as fans, we got to be better. My last point is, is this. I'm still with you on this, York. The Bears need to build an offense around Lamar Jackson with the fields because of this one point. If Dak was this MVP present guy who could throw the ball and group from the pocket, well, yesterday he had time in the pocket. Now, the Cowboys did not, defensive line did not dominate the Packers, but they gave Prescott time, and my question to you, York, is on that end of the play when that false start, should that have counted for the Cowboys to be able to score? That's just my call. I appreciate y'all's service, and have a good day. Calvin, thank you. Well said about Jerry Krause. That was good. Help me with the uh, situation. I don't I'm trying to remember the false false start. start. They, They accepted. I'm trying to remember how it went down now yeah. at the end of the game because people were questioning why would they accept the penalty. I thought it was on the Packers, though. Why did the Packers give them another shot? Right on the, I can't remember the exact situation, uh, but there was something at the end of the game where it was kind of curious, and people were wondering yeah. why would you accept that penalty? I thought it was Green Bay accepted something that they probably should have turned down. When the, that game kind of got away from it, I left one place to go to the other to catch the uh, the Rams game. 
Yes. That was yes. later on. It was. Rams-Lions. So I may have been in transit for that one because that, that game had gotten away. Dak is like, what, 2-5 and five now in the playoffs, I think? It's yeah. kind of the thing that dogs him, you know, for sure. Definitely does. Thank you to Kendra Smith. Thanks to Charlie Bevins for producing the show today. Most importantly, thank you for listening. If you're out and about on this holiday, uh, checking us out. Glad you did. We'll, we'll be back tomorrow. So enjoy some uh, holiday hoops. Spurs at Hawks NBA action coming up here on ESPN Chicago. And then right after that until 9 tonight, it's Amber and Ian. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Your cap and hoodie kicking things off at 7. Watch us on the YouTube uh, app. You can watch on the stations page on YouTube and on Twitch. And make sure you have the ESPN Chicago app. And enjoy the two football games that we still have today. Remember, two playoff games. We'll react to those tomorrow and still talk Bears and NFL. A lot of big picture Bear stuff going into a very important winter and spring. Have a great day, everybody. Spurs and Hawks coming up next. And Greg Olson has the final word. Sorry, Charlie. Carmen and Yurko present today's final word. Because you had to be a big shot, didn't you? You had to open up your mouth. Today's final word. You had to have the last word. On Carmen and Yurko. I think the answer to Mike McCarthy is clear. I think teams would jump over themselves to hire him to have this level of consistent success.